Hey BFF, and welcome back to the Life Coach BFF podcast with Susan and Heather. On this episode, we are joined by our new BFF, Lorraine Laddish. She is the midlife reinvention maven. Her positive message of taking care of your body while embracing the changes of aging is resonating with women everywhere. We can't wait for you to hear what Lorraine has to say. So let's get to it. We're so excited today because we are here with Lorraine Laddish, and she is an internet rock star, I have to say. Lorraine is a mom, a wife, a yoga teacher. She is a recovering eating disorder person. person. (laughs) (laughs) She has been featured. Lorraine, you're the only person that I know who has been featured in Oprah Magazine. I have to tell you that. Well. I mean, it's not a, it's not such a big deal because there's a lot anyway, because I work in the editorial world. So I always think it's a little bit of sometimes luck and that somebody liked what you did and, you know, but I appreciate it, of course. Well, we think it's a very big deal. We think it's a very big deal. You're the only, you're the only person I've ever talked to that Oprah has mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is that some people that I know um, in person, well, were you featured in the digital magazine or the real magazine? And then I mentioned it to a friend who's also online. And she says, well, you should have asked, well, what version of Oprah were you mentioned in? Because <laughs> I felt a little bad. And anyway, so there you go. Well, you, you have no reason no. to feel bad. You have written books. <laughs> you have an online magazine, Viva50.com. We are so impressed with you, Lorraine. I can't even tell you. I'm yes, impressed you're, you're impressed. <laughs> no, you are so inspiring and phenomenal. You're who we want to be when we grow up. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Susan and I will ever grow up, though, honestly. Will we, Susan? <laughs> I don't think I will. So. <laughs> That's good news for all of us. Then welcome to the club. Well, we want to talk a little bit about you moved here from Spain. Yes. 15 years ago. 17 almost. 17. 17 years. Wow. Or 16. Wait a minute. Is it six? Yeah, I go by my daughter's age, the younger daughter. So she was four months old and that will be in sometime in October because we spent our first um, our first trick-or-treating thing, um, Halloween. So I can't speak. This is all COVID. Um, not that I have it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, was what we're going through. And so, yeah, 16 years ago. So. Okay. So oh what brought you to brave thing? Sorry? Sorry, this is a great thing to do. How did you decide to do that? I didn't have a choice. Um, I, I was born in Madrid, um, but my mother's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my dad's from Spain. So I've always had both nationalities. I'm both always bilingual. But I mainly, I grew up my first five years in, in Pittsburgh, uh, and we're actually in Pennsylvania, not Pittsburgh. But then from five onwards, I mainly lived in Spain until the age of 41. And although, of course, I came here to visit um, family and my sister lives in San Francisco, so I came to visit her many times. I had never lived in the States for more than a year and especially not at being 40 some. So back then, my husband, my then husband, he, we were living in the south of Spain. It's interesting because he's also bicultural, multicultural, I would say he was born in Japan, but he's, um, his mother is from Argentina, his dad is from Sweden. 
and we were living in Seville. He was raised in Spain and he lost his job and he got an offer in Florida. I had never been to Florida. The only thing I knew was my American grandmother would send me uh, postcards from Tampa when I was a kid um, to Spain. And that's all I knew. And so um, at 41, I, I decided that yes, okay, I would, I would come. And I've always worked for myself so I could you know, bring my work with me, although I had to start over. And I just found myself um, with a four-month-old, a three-year-old, and myself in Miami um, airport. And my then husband was late to pick us up. And I was, I got the biggest culture shock of my life trying to adapt to um, living in Florida. But if there's something um, that I am is that I don't, I don't give up easily or give in to circumstances. And um, although it was super, super hard, I, I'm now so grateful that I'm here because I, I mean, many things happen, but now I live with the love of my life, who is not my ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our kids and I, I'm living a life that I really couldn't wish more from life. You know, um, it's, it's almost incredible to me that I had to go through all that to uh, to be doing what I really want to do, which is to be a communicator, to do it online, because that's where it's at right now. Um, and goodness, be able to be with no bra. <laughs> remember, oh, I have a podcast, I need to set up immediately and all that. And um, honestly, at 57, later this month, really living a fulfilling and well-rounded life. There are days, of course, like everybody, where I might cry and not feel well and all that, but it's, but no, for the most part, sometimes I feel lucky that I can do this from home and that I make a full-time living online, but then I'm thinking, you know what? I freaking earned this. I worked a lot to do this. And so here we are. So let's talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to this point. It's so a long we, journey. So it, was a long, it was a long journey. And so I, I love that you, this is what Susan and I've talked a lot about this. And we've, we've talked to our children about this is mm -hmm. that when bad, when bad things happen or bad times happen, you don't sit back and wait on good things to come to you. Mm -mm. You, ma you make good things happen. And that's what you did you during the recession. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what happened? Sure. So that was not my first um, big obstacle in life or big challenge, but it was my first challenge with children. Um, I was a late mom, so I had my first kid at 37, turned 38, and the second one at 40, turned 41. So here I am in the States. Um, I, of course, I speak English with my accent, but I speak English. I'm fluent in English and Spanish. And um, I reinvented myself here, starting from scratch. I've always been a communicator, always worked for myself my whole life since I was 18, um, before internet and all that. But anyway, so I thought, man, you know, if I could do that in Spain, I can start over again. So anyway, so here I found work as a freelance journalist. Um, I reached out to the Palm Beach Post and said, hey, I'm an author, I'm Hispanic, would you like to interview me? And they did. But then I got a gig with them for four years um, being a feature writer, and I'd never been a reporter in my life, but the, but the editor who was is younger than me, she gave me a chance, and she taught me a few things, and I ran with it and worked for them really, um, it was a really good ride with them for four years. 
I was also uh, translating, interpreting books, um, sorry, translating books into um, English or Spanish, I forget, and writing for Baby Center when they started launching their Spanish channel, which I was very excited because I had followed Baby Center for all my pregnancies too. And then, um, well, my marriage was not working. It was just not working. And, and I even doubted whether I would come from Spain over here, but I did. And uh, tried everything, you know, from therapy to temporary separation to just giving everything because I was a child of divorce and I always thought, you know, I, I, I don't want my kids to go through that. But then I realized, you know, at least I will have tried absolutely everything and will leave no st uh, stone unturned because that way I will not have a what if should I have, mm -hmm. right? I have zero, nothing. I have no guilt about it. Um, so then the recession rolls around and with my husband, we had had several ups and downs of him, you know, losing his job and, and you know, not, not having income and being very difficult. And then suddenly I find that, okay, this happens um, again, recession, no gigs, like everybody's laying people off freelance. I've always been a freelancer and lived well with that, but no freelance gigs, no translations, no working with the Palm Beach Post, absolutely nothing. My husband has no work either. Um, and again, our personal situation wasn't good. So from one day to the next, um, at 45, I find myself a single mom of a little girl who was then four, another one who was um, seven. And I found myself on welfare, on food stamps. And it was only because somebody suggested, they said, hey, because I had no, no money to buy food and the kids were telling the neighbors that we had nothing in the fridge so they would invite them over and then a friend said well why don't you apply for food stamps and i was like well that's for poor people and i was like shit i'm poor i am and um in fact when i filed for my divorce i was declared indigent and a friend of mine said i'm so sorry and i'm like oh hell no that's great because i don't have to pay you know <laughs> i have no money <laughs> so anyway it was it was it's you know looking back now it, it's it's incredible to me that I actually, you know, went through that because I, I sold all my, I don't wear gold anymore. I, I had to sell, I mean, like one day I was like, I didn't have any money to pay rent and I was alone with my girls. And then I thought, wait, I do have something. I had a, a box of jewelry that included my own jewelry that I had collected throughout the years, but mainly stuff that had been given to me by my grandparents, a ring that my grandfather was wearing the day he died. I was going to say that he gave it to me, but no, he was dead. So it was given to me afterwards. Um, and just a bunch of stuff that when I took it to sell it, it was a very grueling experience because I was handing stuff over to this um, jeweler. But to me, those were my ties to my family in Spain. Wow. And my little girl who was four then, she was just looking at the jewelry and having fun with it. And, and, and I was like, my heart was breaking with everything I turned over. And I know that, that people, I mean, this is not the most heartbreaking thing that can happen. It wasn't a health issue. But to me, it was, it was very heartbreaking. So I paid the rent with that. And then, um, you know, some days it was hard because... Uh, I didn't see a solution. I kept up for a person who's never had a job by choice to, to look for a job of any kind as a, 
you know, a server, a busser, a whatever you, you know, I tried to apply to warehouses to stock stuff, whatever, you know, to feed my kids. But there were two things like, what do I do with the kids when I'm not, you know, how do I take them to school or, you know, how do I do this if I'm in that job? And second, at 45, I had zero experience. So of course, they're not going to want a 45-year-old woman. They're going to hire um, a younger person. Now, my young, my young children have more work than they can handle, you know, if they <laughs> want to. I couldn't do that at that age. Um, and of course, I've, I have a history of mental health and depression, clinical depression, which took me an entire lifetime to, to, to find a, the best way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, a 20-year-long struggle with an eating disorder. And all those things were, you know, stuff that kind of comes back when you have uh, some kind of challenge, the old traumas kind of resurface, right? But I was a mom. That was the thing that was different. And I could not just stay there and, and stay down. So I first started doing um, something I disliked tremendously, which is direct sales. I kind of fell into it. It was silver jewelry, actually, and that I love. So I sold it. I, I did those house parties, you know, and stuff like that. I had to call people because Facebook wasn't a thing where you made groups. And um, it was really hard. I, I remember crying every time I had to book a party. And uh, with the food stamps, things were a little bit easier because, you know, it was, I didn't have to anguish about whether I could feed the kids or not. Um, my grandmother in Spain, who passed away two years ago at 101, would send me a little bit of her pension every month to help. Um, I met wonderful people. I would, one thing I would tell women um, or anybody really, but especially women going through a hard time is take care of you. Even in the middle of all that mess, um, every Friday I would go and take a dance class. I love dancing. I've been a dancer most of my life as a hobby. Um, And I was learning LA style salsa, which involves a lot of tricks and you know moves that I loved and anyway sometimes I took the kids sometimes I didn't and as as frivolous as that might sound um, that saved my life I met a bunch of great people Um, I met a school teacher who on passing you know she knew of my situation I told her about the jewelry and she said "Um, did they give you good money for it and I said I don't know I paid the rent Long story short, she invites me to her house. Um, I go there and she says that she has something for me and hands over a little box with something in it, right? And puts it in my hand. And I look at it and I knew her story and she had had two failed marriages and those were her engagement ring and her wedding ring from those two marriages. And she said, I was waiting for the right person to give this to and that person is you. Wow. I cried my eyes out. Of course, I accepted it because I had to feed my girls and I sold that. And then I thought, if people are believing in me, I better show them that their trust is warranted. You know, I have to do something. Then uh, Facebook was just starting. And then I, I guess I connected with people on Facebook from that dance studio. And a young entrepreneur said, hey, I see you're a writer. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm a book author. I've you know, written for magazines and newspapers and this and that. I'm a translator. And um, so he had a a gig to offer me and it was writing blog posts for a coupon site at $12 per blog post. And he said, but they have to be SEO friendly. 
I have no idea what that is at that point. <laughs> We've looked that up and, before ourselves, Lorraine. <laughs> well, that was my first. That was 12 years ago. And I'm right. like, now I know everything. Not everything, but, you know, now I'm, I, I have to. That's how I make a living. But, but it was interesting to me because I was like, I don't care what these blog posts are about. I want to learn this. My name was not on them, thank goodness. But, you know, he paid me... Um, he gave me a check every week or whatever and I was like I am making a living writing again that's all I care about and then it dawned on me I said wait I'm still writing whatever it is it's not literature but I can still make a living writing I just have to do it online so from there it was just like things you know I had made a lot of contacts with the newspaper with the Palm Beach Post so people reached out to me again, you know, like, would you, you know, the Hispanic market was, um, you know, the Hispanic publications and all that started, you know, being a thing and being bilingual and all that What well, was, you know, people started reaching out to me. Well, would you like to do this? We see that you're doing, you know, these things. Would you be able to contribute to our website? I'd been blogging on the side, but just for fun, not knowing what I was doing. And, you know, very, very fast, really. I, um, I applied, well, I, I got back on my feet. I applied to uh, a, a website then called about.com that belonged to the New York Times. Now it's called something else and it doesn't belong to New York Times, but they were launching the Spanish site and somebody just gave me the heads up. So I applied for it. And at the very beginning, the application was really, really difficult. It, it was a month long of learning HTML, of learning how to create a website, of learning SEO, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know what? If I don't get this gig, at least I'm going to know everything I need to know. That's how I took it. I got the gig. But looking back, it's interesting because it was $675 a month for a shit, for a, for a lot of content, sorry. <laughs> for a lot of content. And, but I still, it w I cried when I got it because I was like, wow, that is, you know, there's a steady 600 and some dollars that I can count on. Um, and then from there, I just started applying to other websites, writing, you know, and then suddenly it was, I was getting paid a dollar per word and, you know, that's a lot of more money. And so I was making $5,000 a month and then I could stop the food stamps. Eventually I became the editor in chief of, um, uh, Latina website for moms that still is out there called Mommyverse, and I did I ran that for two years always as a contractor I like to make that very clear because I like to be self-employed and with everything that I learned um, on my own uh, and, and I managed pools of writers and you know um, you know just just all aspects of running a huge website so then when I was turning 50 I thought you know I just want to do my own thing again and that's when I launched Bio 50. And I thought, what do I want to do for the next um, five or 10 years? I'm really going to dig. And, you know, I was like, I'm not too old, but it's like Latina mom saying is like, I'm, I'm already 50. Um, you know, the kids are getting older. And how long can I do this for? I need to think forward. So I launched Bio 50. And a lot of people that I knew from, I had a bunch of contacts um, still do on, in the online world. And they were like, why are you pigeonholing yourself? You know, why, what are you going to do when you're 60? You know, and I said, well, we'll see when I turn 60, we'll see. But now this is what I'm doing. Best decision of my life. The website was profitable in under a year, but I knew what I was doing. I went full throttle. Um, and I have discovered this is, I'm in my seventh year now and it is wildly profitable. And 
what what I what surprises me is that some women that I talked to way back when when they saw me launching this, they were like, "Can we talk to you because we want to do this, we want to launch that, and they still haven't done anything right. you know the, that paralysis <clears throat> of let me get my business partner. I was like, I go faster by myself, like I collaborate with people, but I've noticed that i really i'm I find it hard to to work with people because it rarely are they at the speed that I'm at, you know? And whereas a lot of people say, well, I'm this age, so I can't really understand social media and I can't do whatever. I'm 57 and I know more about social media than a lot of young people. I certainly know how to make money on social media. So um, when people ask me like, what's your secret? The secret is freaking hard work and using Google to find the answer to questions I might have, quite honestly. Perseverance. And, and consistency and, you know, sometimes, and, and again, um, people ask me all the time, like, I'm trying to make a living online, but I don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, I've made it my business to understand it. Mm-hmm. And the answers are online if you want them. You know, the, the, what, I, what I find people lack is the do it, just do it. Mm-hmm. And not only just do it and start it, but do it for seven years now. Because now when I'm this year in the middle of this COVID mess, I have more work than I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I felt guilty and I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. You went through the recession. You've already done that of being down mm-hmm. and out. You've done that, all that. And you positioned yourself. And of course, I never knew COVID was going to happen. But, um, but it, it wasn't free. It was, it's not luck. No. <laughs> Doing it when nobody's reading what you're doing, what you're, what, you know, it's, it's, doing your podcast, even if you don't know who's going to listen to it, it's just keeping on, keeping on, on the good days, the bad days, the days you're inspired, the days you're not inspired. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. I know that things could, you know, I'm in the middle of all this, by the way, I did meet the love of my life and now we work together. He happens to be a professional photographer. So he takes most of my pictures. He's also a writer and it's great because we both understand this. Um, my family has always been a big part of what I do. The kids have been involved in a lot of what I've done. Um, we've all benefited greatly from my business, you know, getting invited on trips and fun stuff for the children. And so they know they live it, they breathe it. They, and so right now um, it's pretty cool to make a living by being me and sharing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's um you know, Heather and I started with this podcast and it was scary to us. Of course. It's always scary. If it isn't, it's not, it's not worth it. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's, you're right. It's so fun to push yourself to learn new things. And part of what keeps us going is that we want our girls to see us, um, pushing through challenges and always learning, always growing. Um, but being ourselves and we really want to model that for our girls. And, um, you know, I know you have, you have girls and a little too adventurous for my taste. One of them, (laughs) 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 but that's what I taught her. That's what I taught her. So yeah, yeah. You're definitely an adventurous person. So you feel like they have learned, they've learned from you. And I'll tell you this, like my, my 19 year old, she traveled the world uh, by herself really last year at 18 with her own money. 
that she started saving at 16. Wow. You know, and I, <laughs> and now, you know, it's, it's just, she went to Australia by herself in January and bungee jumped and jumped off planes and did this with her money and went by herself. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I am terribly inspired by her my eldest daughter and my youngest too, but my eldest is out there in the world already. Uh, last month she did the Tahoe Rim Trail hike by herself with no company. And then she met people on the way and this and that. And I'm like, I would never have done that. So nowadays <laughs> when I think, ah, should I do whatever, whatever? I'm like, what would Chloe do? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Because really, you know, it's, it took me a freaking lifetime to actually dare so much. Yes. And I actually feel that I haven't peaked yet. I have not. I mean, there's so much that I still have left to do. And there's so many goals I have. You know, I have this personal goal of, I already handstand and I can hold a handstand, but I want to hold it away from the wall by 60. Maybe I'll do it sooner, but I'm giving myself, you know, this time. But anyways, it's exciting to have goals. And, um, and I don't think age is an excuse. Like I see too many women saying, oh, you know, because I'm this age, I don't get it. No, you don't get it because you don't want to. <laughs> you know, and I'm uh, sorry, yeah. I don't have a lot of empathy in that realm. <laughs> because, because if you want to do it, you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay, okay. not to want to do it as well. Yes. But then you have to be comfortable with that. It dawned on me yesterday. I was like, well, maybe some people don't want to push their limits. Some people don't want to get out of their comfort zone. And that is, is okay. If that's what they want. Mm -hmm. Why not? But right. I'm just not that person. Well, Lorraine, I have to tell you that now I'm starting to say to myself, what would Lorraine do? <laughs> <laughs> so I posted, you have inspired me. Your, your pictures online of you in a bikini. So I just turned 49. I have one more trip around the sun and I turned 50 and you and Susan are the same age. But I posted a picture last week of me leaping off of a boat in my bathing suit. And I never in my wildest dreams thought I would post a picture of me in a bathing suit. <sighs> well, that makes me very happy. Well, it's so freeing. Like you, it is just, I can't tell you how free I feel. Like just looking at your pictures, it's so freeing to those of us common people. <laughs> no, God, I'm common as well. Um, I think we all are. Uh, the thing is that I lived too long in my youth in the grips of an eating disorder and mental, you know, really big mental health problems to do it all over again now that I'm older. You know, I was like, wow, I made peace with my body. I have 20 years of recovery under my belt. Um, I am not about to lose my joy, happiness, or stop doing things because of a certain age or because of what I think people are going to think about my looks, which is very twisted, but it happens. You know, where you start feeling embarrassed <laughs> of, oh, my neck, you know, they're going to see my neck or my wrinkles or my, you know, whatever. And I'm starting to, and, and that was for me, you know, it wasn't really to show other women. It was to face my own um, realization of, wait a minute, I'm starting to care what people think about my aging. And then I thought, why? I cannot do this to myself. I cannot do this to my daughters. And that's when I started posting real photos, you know, recently, not that I've ever retouched my photos a whole lot, like maybe I'll take out the circles or whatever, but now I'm retouching nothing. We just have great light. We use great light. I use great foundation. That's kind of it. That's really all we do. I say we, cause my husband's a part of it, but, um, 
But then one day I said, you know, recently I said, after I posted a photo of myself in Downward Dog, which was for me, when people say, oh, brave, brave. And I'm like, no, I'm not brave because I wasn't scared, but I was. That was a, a, a scary photo for me to post because you could see everything, like all the hanging skin, you know, it's people say, oh, skinny bitch or whatever. But it's when you're skinny, um, you know, the, the, the sag is there. There's nothing. <laughs> so it's hard to look at. And then I told my husband, seeing the great, uh, response from women uh, who are telling me that's what I see when I'm in downward dog too. <laughs> you know, I see my hanging thighs, my belly, my arms. I can go like this or I can show you, you know, it, it's all in how you pose, right? So I told my husband, I want some photos in bikinis, but I want them where you can see how I really look like and this and that. And the other. He's like, I think I get it. You want honest photos, hand it to a man, right? And I was like, yes, it's not like when I tell you, please make sure that my flab isn't showing on my neck or because I've always said those things to him. I said, forget that. Just if there's whatever, just snap the photo. And, and that's, that's what I'm doing now because it's, I find it, I'm not doing any favors to any other women by shooting all my selfies from above or by showing only my best side. I am all of those people. I am the person with, uh, my hair done and my makeup on and the beautiful ball gown, but I'm also the person um, with no bra and a bun and no makeup and hanging skin, despite the fact that I've exercised all my life. And, and you know, we all still deserve to feel good about ourselves no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it. I never, never, ever want to be the reason that somebody else feels like crap about themselves because I posted a because I only post fabulous pictures. That is so, that is, um, I mean, I think that's really touching that you, that you, um, that you think about that, that you care. I mean, because you I was on really, the other side. I was, yeah. okay. that's why. I mean, the thing is like, sometimes it's hard when you're young and you're going through some really awful stuff to realize one day this will help me. I don't think I would be the same person had I not gone through that hell. I mean, I self-harmed. I hated myself so much that I would take scissors and, um, and you know, hurt myself. And then I got a tattoo earlier this year in the same arm to remind myself that I won. I, I you know, I still have scars. And, but the point being that um, I've been on the other side of that. So mm -hmm. I would never, and I'm very aware of this. And I know that younger women follow me on Instagram. It's not just women uh, my age. In fact, that's a sm the smaller portion. So I, I try to speak to younger women because I find that a lot of older women are saying, you know, are, are demeaning the younger women. And I don't like that at all. You know, they're mm -hmm. like, well, there's nothing like a 50 year old woman. Well, you know, what did you do to get there? You just woke up every morning, you know, and, and mm -hmm. did you say, I'm going to turn 50? No, it happened. And you're lucky that you're alive, but that 30 year old or that 20 year old, that 15 year old will be 50 one day. Do you really mm -hmm. want to show her that you're a bitchy 50 some year old or 40 some year old, or are you going to show some empathy to the younger generations? And so that's where I'm trying to be. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to be, I still get talked down to by older women than me. And I dislike it so much that I make a point of not doing it to younger women. Yeah. yeah. To this point, there was, it was interesting because this lady, I hardly ever get snarky comments or mean comments, which I'm very, very grateful for. But um, 
one day a lady said, well, it's easy to look good at your age. And I was like, wait, how old do you think I am? She's like, well, I'm whatever, but she was like three years younger than me. And so I was like, wait a minute, I'm older than you. <laughs> no, if you don't practice yoga or you don't do whatever, that's not my fault. You know, it's yeah oh my god no, you need to and again every i i do believe in and everybody's beautiful and everybody should be the way they want to be but that yeah. comment really made me think it was like wait she's telling me but how old are you and then when i saw she was younger i was like well that was a mean comment number one <laughs> so, um you know there are so many assumptions that people make online that aren't true yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I was looking at your, your Viva50.com, your online magazine that we love. And one of your latest articles is seven tips to avoid feeling invisible in midlife. I really love this, Lorraine. So one, one of your tips was don't hide your age. And I think that that's something that you have really excelled at. And Oh, I, I see it so often that my dad hates it. <laughs> He does? He to admit his age. Because <laughs> somebody was like, so if your daughter's almost 60, how old are you? Because he doesn't look his age. He's 81, but he does not. By, and he wrote, if you scroll in there, there's a, a, a post by him. Oh, I did see that. That's, that's, my yeah. that's my dad. But he's had to admit it finally because people know me as his daughter. I mean, people we have in common, they're like, okay, if she's almost 60, how old are you? Because they thought he was... <laughs> late 60s 70 and you know so um yeah so i make a point of, of doing that because i know that when on instagram not everybody's reading all your posts of course somebody who reads all of them might be like wow i mean can she say it one more time what the hell but the for somebody who just reads it you know once they're not going to know unless they read all my posts and i know that's not how it works so. right and you do not look almost 60. <laughs> I, I love saying that because you know i i skew I'm, i've been saying i'm 57 for the past six months and you know even when i go to the doctor or whatever they say well, how old are you i'm already saying the next stage um that's all, true it is that true cracks yeah. me up that you well, did that sir. because i did the same thing oh imagine turned, well that's i turned 57 in march and i had been saying i was 57 for almost a year i just yeah. didn't even know how old i was yeah, well, I do know. I do know because I'm already preparing my photo shoot for my 57th birthday. But that's that's how I celebrate. It's not really the day; it's the day that I do the photo shoot and enjoy. Like, what am I going to do this year? What yoga pose? What crazy thing am I going to do with the numbers? But that is more because it's a visual for younger people who think that you know. I'm, I'm not saying everybody has to do this. It's my crazy way of of coping and, you know, I'm feeling strong and powerful when, um, you know, cause we, I don't know how you feel about that, but I do feel that age is not only a number, it's not just a number, it's more than a number. If it were a number, I could have more babies. Um, I wouldn't be thinking of, oh shoot, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to retire, but I will need some kind of savings in case, you know, I have a, some illness. My father has had unexpected illnesses despite taking care of himself. So I don't, I, I know that it's not all fun games, you know, but, um, but on the other hand, I feel that, oh goodness, so on YouTube, for example, this is, I'm sorry, because I'm going a bit off on the tangent, but, but it's related. I have a YouTube video that deals with um, how I've dealt with fear of aging, right? And I expected the watchers of that video to be our age or 
I mean, no, they're teens, 20 year olds and 30 year olds. Can you believe that? And I get no. tons of comments. Wow. Tons of comments. And these people are scared. So I feel that it is honestly a little bit our responsibility to quell those fears of younger people. Because when you're here, you're here. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. you're here. You're not afraid of being here. But when you're 20, I do remember when I was a kid crying because in the year 2000, I was going to be 37. <laughs> And calculating that my grandmother would be dead. My grandmother died two years ago, as I said, at 101. So it's, it's you know, it's, we, I, I do feel that there's a, a responsibility in how we portray ourselves for our children and for just as a legacy for the younger generations. And now that we have social media, we have no excuse. You know, we... No. Well, Lorraine, I feel that you are just getting started. I think so. <laughs> I do. To say, <laughs> I feel that you are just getting started and you, you are truly our queen. You, oh God, I don't think you, you knew that before, but you are our oh. queen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoy what I do. And the funny thing is uh, when I was younger, um, you know, you always think that you have to portray a certain image or whatever. And at a certain point I thought there's nothing more liberating than being yourself. I know that I'm privileged on many levels because I don't have a job and I don't have to respond to anybody. I can do whatever the heck I want on and offline. And if, although I make a living doing all this with brands, I don't avoid doing things out of fear of not being hired. If a brand doesn't want to work with me because I curse occasionally or because I show my body in photos or whatever, or because I talk about politics or a bunch of things I believe in, that is not the brand for me. So right. that automatically weeds out a bunch of things that I don't believe in. So, right. So what would you have to say? We have listeners that are home now mm -hmm. that are housewives or maybe their children are just going off to college and this is, they're trying to figure out what are they going to do? They're empty nesters now. They have different ideas, but they're worried about what their neighbor would think if oh they got God. on social media. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the neighbor with the neighbor thinks if I thought if I, if I, at this point in my life, if I cared what even my own family thinks, you know, that I wouldn't have the money I have in the bank. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's, it's just, and I'm not rich, but it is, it does. I've realized that, because all my life I was an outlier and I was working for myself and I was telecommuting when that didn't even exist, when there was no internet, et cetera, et cetera. With the internet, I can do things that imagine, like I feel like the internet caught up with me, but, but no, you, you can't, I, I feel that being and making a living online and being concerned about what other people think are incompatible. Like if you, there's, if you are you, that's what's going to make you successful. That's it. Because like being, everybody can be fake. Everybody can create a certain persona, but only you can be you with your flaws, with your mental health problems, with your, you know, I, at least I have zero fears of my ex or another ex or whoever saying, oh, but Lorraine takes mental pills. You know, she's had depression. She's not like that. And because I've already said it. And it doesn't mean that you have to tell your deepest secrets, but it just means that if you're quirky or you're not, or whatever, it doesn't matter what you choose, what you want to do and screw the neighbor. I mean, 
<laughs> really, if we're worried about that at this age, where I mean, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it does. We agree. We agree. We agree. We agree. I mean, how do you balance? You were saying if you're going to be online, you have to not care what other people think. Mm -hmm. But that is so difficult to do when yeah. you're looking at, oh my goodness, I only got this number of likes. And maybe well, we all start somewhere. We all listen, we all start somewhere. And I remember even on my latest venture, so to speak, was my YouTube channel. And I did those videos like I was doing them for someone because I always figure there's always one person that's going to get something out of it. As long as I reach that one person, I'm okay with that. And that is the attitude I take towards everything. I am the only reason why at my stage likes could make a difference is because brands do look at that. Um, but otherwise, you know, again, if, if the, if you don't start today, if you don't start doing something now, time will go by and you will continue <laughs> to have zero likes. <laughs> you have to like build your platform and the people will follow you and, and you create community. And one of the most beautiful things that I, I've gotten from the internet is like when my daughter was traveling the world last year that I could put a post on Facebook or even reach out on Instagram and say, hey, my daughter's gonna be in Australia. Could you watch out for her? Could, she, could I have your number? and in Morocco, and I, had, I, I found I had contacts everywhere. And they weren't, just, at our age, they're not just fly-by-nights, they're people who are there, they're women, they're mothers, they know what it's mm -hmm. like to have their kid running around the world or doing something or, you know, and they were there for me. And mm -hmm. for me, that was like, that is what I want. I follow people back, not because they have thousands of followers, but because they have something of interest to, that interests me. And they could have mm -hmm. 10 followers and I'll follow back. But maybe mm -hmm. if, I, if, if I don't, anyway, so it's, it's, yeah. it's that connection. If you take yeah. it as finding like-minded people or people mm -hmm. who you can inspire, who can inspire you, I think that's what it's really about. Mm -hmm. That's very freeing to be at that age. It is, it is. Where you can, um, for some people, just, <laughs> what now? Yeah, some people will always be concerned about what other people think of. Yes, that was the best thing of turning 40 to me was just, um, I don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter near as much what other people think as it used to. And um, I think that's, that's one of the best gifts of aging is figuring that well, out. I think, you know, that at some point in life, I just did things despite the, care, the fact that I cared. And um, it's not that I didn't care, but I wrote my first book about eating disorder, my eating disorder in excruciating detail, embarrassing details for my family. And I was 30 and that book was published in Spain. It got a ton of attention. My family had to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that was before the internet and it, it affected them. But, but I thought this is my life, you know, it's, and, and was I, you know, I, I did, I did hold back on some things that could be hurtful for my family mm -hmm. if I disclosed them, but I, but it was out of that. It was not mm -hmm. about what are they going to think, you know, and to this day, I still think that my story ends when somebody else's starts. So I could mention my ex-husband here and there, but I'm never going to give the, the, I could do it in private, but I'm not going to do it on a podcast or, you know, on a, what, on a blog out of respect for my daughters and, you know, so, um, so I think it's, um, it's a very personal choice. Another thing though, is that when I posted my um, body 
photos, you know, with all the SAG and all that. My brother in Spain, people are very worried about what other people think there. Um, so he contacted my sister in San Francisco and said, what's up with Lorraine? Like, what's she, why is she posting those photos? You know, so they have to live with that, you know, and it's like, do I care? No, because I know what I'm doing. Oh, well, goodness. I could talk to you all day, Lorraine. I know that you have a busy schedule. Where can our listeners find you? I always tell people, and this is, this might seem like presumptuous, but Google me. I am the only person with that name. With Lorraine Laddish, Cladish, Lorraine C. Laddish, Lorraine Carbonell. Um, but no, seriously, it's it's if you Google me, I am you'll find me immediately <laughs> well thank you so much we we can't wait to continue following you this is oh, I'm the way this google me is also a bad thing because i've gotten <laughs> i've had people <laughs> from my past get in touch that i'd much rather not so it's a mixed blessing just people who the people that you like google you How about that yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did we see on on instagram someone posted when this is all he said he said hey when this is all over can those of you that i don't like please continue to stay six feet away from me <laughs> <laughs> and i love that that is not a bad thing i don't think <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing well you have a beautiful day lorraine thank you so thank much you. thank you thank you for putting up with me here <laughs> <laughs> you're fabulous thank you so much for talking with us Take care. We have exciting news. Our friends and supporters at Denison Travel can't wait to help you plan your next adventure. Go to denisontravel.com where your journey awaits. Mm -hmm.